0: Hey, everybody. This is the DMV Plant Daddy, Roderick Shepard, and you're listening to The Hunger Podcast.
1: I think a lot of women my age or people in my peer group, they look at those guys like homewreckers. I've never looked at that situation like that. I looked at that situation more like, we don't have a community that's kind of welcoming the gay people to come out, so why wouldn't they hide? What I noticed, especially in black families, that shit become like a gossip thing. Oh, you know Lulu, son. You know what I mean? Like, it turned into girl, you know Lulu coming with her, watch he come in here with a dress. Like, it turned into a shady thing. I feel like if the energy was different, more like, hey, let me talk to you, Lulu. Have you ever thought about if this guy was gay? Like, has ever rolled through your mind if your three-year-old was gay and just having the heart and the bravery to say that to another mom your sister your cousin or whatever to me that would change the energy on it when he comes out at 13 or 14 for the love of god we all knew i think all of that stirred up in the pot creates a situation where a man would live his life till he was 40 you know marrying people having kids all that knowing he's gay
2: another gem from don't call me white girl makes sense to me what she's saying even though i know some of y'all still gonna be like no hey what's up hunger family thank you for tuning in to another episode of the hunger podcast a philly-based culture and society podcast from a black ass queer ass perspective I'm your host and producer, Eric Cole, BKA, Tennis Bay. If you're not already, make sure you're following this podcast on your favorite podcast and social media platform by searching at HungaPod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. And if you click the bio link, you'll be able to check out previous episodes, listen to the song of the week, and also explore the Hunga Pod merch store click the contact button on the IG page and you can email or call the show with your thoughts, feedback, and foolery. This week, I'm hung up on my Carter wears. I got the mesh briefs and I got the mesh jock strap. Let me tell y'all, they fit like they were made for me. <laughs> they fit real good. I got the mediums. And um, you know, I'm gonna have to trim this bush up though. You (laughs) it's mesh and it and it looks real good, but baby, you know, you might want to get that front lawn, you know, just (laughs) I'm hung up. I'm hanging up on the fact that y'all all got us coming back into the workplace, into the office. Only to sit on virtual calls all day. Getting feedback. Because the office across from you. Or the office next to you. The cubicle next to you. They're on the same call that you're on. <laughs> now, what? well, we know why y'all doing it. Y'all want to keep your eye on us. That's, that's what it is. And it's like, okay. We see you. But I will say, this is like my first week going back now I'm kind of like hybrid I've been completely virtual for the past two years and for the next three weeks I'm hybrid I've enjoyed the little break and just being home every day and working from home um, I'm here for it so I'm hanging up but I'm really hung up so I saw this tweet from Art Basel and They asked the question, what is this chapter of your life called? And I want to ask y'all, all all the listeners out there, what is this chapter of your life called? And you can send your responses to the Instagram DMs or feel free to email the show hungupide at gmail.com. For me, this chapter of my life is called finding my way back. You know, at the age of 17, I left home in search of who Eric was, came to Philly. Then from 22 to 28, I was in a committed relationship that had some ups and downs. Then from 29 to 33, I felt like I was stuck. I was stuck in life, stuck in my past, unable to move forward, unable to forgive myself, unable to heal I found myself depressed, unsure of really the the gifts and the strength that I had. But I'll say the past few years, and that's when I'm calling um, finding my way back. It's been a really emotional and challenging time for me, but at the same time, I feel the most evolved. <laughs> you know, I... I have less regret and more embrace of my story. I'm more aware of how I speak about myself, how I speak my truth. Understanding more about the relationship with my parents that, to be honest, has always had its challenges. Reimagining my life and the things that I tell myself about my life. And in the life that I want to have, the life that I deserve to have. Okay? (laughs) So the Hunger Podcast Song of the Week is running by Jill Scott. Because I was running for a long time. A lot of y'all running. You running now. Didn't know what you was really running from. You was just running. Hoping that the grass was gonna be greener on the other side. Hmm. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> so anyway. Running by Jill Scott is the Hunger Podcast song of the week. So it'll be posted on the bio link on the Instagram page. And I'll also close out this episode with a short clip from that song. So make sure you stay tuned and listen all the way to the end. This week, Roderick Shepard, better known as the DMV Plant Daddy, dows into the Hunger Podcast with some really great tips for novice planters. Then we talk about how he uses acting and art to tell black queer stories along with a talented group of actors known as the brave soul collective then it's all about slay tv's for the boys if you haven't seen it or you're thinking about watching it you'll love this review of episode one of season one enjoy Welcome to the show, DMV Plant Daddy Roderick Shepherd. What's up, Roderick? Hey, Eric. Hey, hung up family. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you here. We we're doing this one more again.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, one more again.
0: Hung up at the doc.
2: Yeah, that last one was a doozy. That that the the audio was just so bad you sounded great i mean your voice is just amazing on the microphone but my shit was toe up from the flow up so i had to scrap that episode so here we are (laughs) one more one more again um but now welcome to the podcast uh roderick shepherd dmv plant daddy as i introduced you but please introduce yourself and also let the hunger family know where they can find you on social media
0: so, hey, hunger. My name is Roderick Shepard. My pronouns are he, him, his, and she, depending on the nature and the context of our relationship. She's not for everybody. I know. Um, that's right. <laughs> and I know. so, uh, I am also a scriptwriter, I am an actor, I'm an artist, I'm a chef, I'm a foodie. Um, I am a flower, I am a rose. I deserve to be treated with tender, loving care. Just to give y'all a little bit something more about who I am, and in terms of where you can find me, uh, my Instagram, my my direct Instagram platform is Roderick that Shepherd. and for my plant page, you can follow me at DMV Plant Daddy.
2: You mentioned you was a chef and a damn good one too. I'm telling
0: y'all. Listen, I still remember your reaction when you found out like I was frying fish on the the retreat. You was like, "Wait, did I hear you say you were frying fish?" <laughs>
2: And it was so good. It was so good. Everything was good. Um, the vibes of that trip, which is where I met you, uh, through mm-hmm. a mutual friend, good time friend, long time friend, Wesley. And it was just a good time. And I'm so glad I met
0: you. That was, what, three? Was, uh, no, was it was two years. It was two years ago.
2: Two? I want to say two. Is it Okay, okay. Well, look, the friendship is still thriving. We still here. Okay, period. We're like, I told you last this. time I seen you I'm like, Eric, <laughs> we really connected,
0: and I fucks with you. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> Heavy. I mean, we connected right off the top. Like, we just, we were just vibing, and it's not even to say that we agreed on every single thing, because we talked about so much that weekend when we were all together in that house, but it was just the love the respect the acknowledgement the embrace the uplifting i mean it was all just
0: i need another trip like that can we we got to hit up west like can <laughs> you plan part 2 next year And then, you know, keep in mind, all of this happened, like, during the pandemic. Like, we were, like, a couple of months in, and I think, like, we had all really needed that trip to get away and just kind of be Black and queer and be magical as hell. Like, it was a wonderful weekend. It was. It really, really
2: was. So, let's go ahead and do our check-in. Tell me, um, what are you hung up on this week? What are you hanging up on this week?
0: How are you? What's going on? Um, so I am hung up on the new Chucky series. Um, if anyone knows me, I am such a fan of horror and thriller, thriller films, love the blood, the guts, the glory, all of that. Give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) And Chucky is actually one of my favorite series. And they have re-premiered Chucky in a television, television series where the main character is actually a, um they're a queer teen and the storyline might even feature a little teenage queer romance. So I'm really like thoroughly enjoying the new Chucky series. So I'm definitely hung up on Chucky. Come on for representation on
2: the the mainstream.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, I was thinking about it. Like when I was a teenager, I didn't have like shows that feature queer teenage love affairs. Like, that wasn't a thing. Like, eventually, like, when I was in right. high school, Noah's Ark came out. But I can relate to that until I got in my 20s and I watched the series again. But this is like, oh, my God, this is really nice for even you to have. Like... in wait, you said it was Chucky? Yeah, Chucky. Like, child's play Chucky. And it's
2: a series, you said?
0: It's a series. It comes on... Oh, God. It comes on, uh, I want to say USA. Let me double check before I credit the wrong people. Okay.
2: And this, it sounds like something that has not premiered yet, but is soon.
0: Uh, actually the third episode should be coming on tonight. Oh shit. Like, I think it's so oh, she is, know.
2: the train is moving forward. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. <laughs> so it's on, I guess, sci-fi and USA Network shows it. So yeah, the new Trekkie series is on sci-fi and the USA Network.
2: Okay. Thank you for dropping that. I'm going to have to check that out. You know, my relationship with horror is very interesting because when I was young, I really couldn't tolerate it. <laughs> but now that I'm older, I can tolerate some of it. I can stomach some of it. Some of it is just hella funny. <laughs> and some of it is actually like really good and really suspenseful. And depending on how it's written, like that shit will have you on the edge of seat. Like, bitch. Like, this shit is good. So I'm definitely gonna. um I'm gonna check that out. Have you seen Candyman? I know that that shit has been out for like months now, right? I've
0: seen the new Candyman, and I was really excited to see it, but it just took so long to come out. And I think they wanted to make sure that they were able to release it in theaters. But I've not seen the new Candyman, so I'm definitely gonna have to check that out too. I forgot all about that.
2: You know, I've been out. I've done some things,
0: but I don't know if I'm gonna be comfortable sitting in a no movie theater right now. <laughs> Maybe that's why I haven't gone to see it. Um, I don't know. I heard that it's not too bad. Like, they still keep you kind of spaced up. I think and Wesley actually went to the movies. What did we go see? Oh, my goodness. I forgot what it was. We went to go see. We went recently. Not Don't Breathe 2. That was, like, one of the previews. I think we went to see a horror film. I cannot remember what it was. Don't Breathe looks scary. Did you see the first one? Hell no. (laughs) Don't Breathe was good. It's, like, probably one of my favorites. The second one I haven't seen yet. I need to see the second one. Because there's, like, a guy who's, like, blind, right? Who's going around killing them? That's whooping these people's ass. But the the other part of the storyline is that the people actually break in his house to steal money from him. Really? So it's almost given, like, this is an ass whooping y'all bitches deserve it. But y'all didn't didn't realize y'all were writing a check you getting cash.
2: Okay, you walked into
0: this ass whooping, literally. Sis... Though blind man wasn't gonna be able to defend himself. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, quote from um what is the name of the series? The boondocks. Granddaddy got his ass kicked by blind man. <laughs> 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 oh my god, that's it gave very much so that like granddaddy got his ass kicked by blind man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is funny. Oh my god, I love boondocks. Who doesn't like that shit? Is just Epic. Some epic scenes, some epic lines from that fucking show. (laughs) The fucking boondocks. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know. This week, I've just been... I feel like I've just been on the go. I just dropped an episode like two hours ago. And here I am with you. (laughs) But I did plug this episode. I was like, next week, you guys, I'll be on the line with the DMV plant daddy. So I'm glad we worked this out, but it's been an interesting week for me uh, because I've been like transitioning in my role at work. So like, that's one thing. And, and what I mean by that is like, I've been, you know, taking on more, more responsibilities. And so my role has been like hundred percent remote for the past couple of years since COVID started but i'm going to have to like go go back on campus now be be of support and like do some things for a few weeks it's just an interesting time for me right now because as i talked about on my last episode i'm now like part-time caregiver for my father uh he needs he needs me you know what i mean so it's like me and my sister and his girlfriend that have really teamed up to like take care of him look out for him get him to, you know get him to his appointments make sure he's eating well, make sure he's getting his physical therapy, like everything. And so I'm back and forth now between Philly and Maryland a lot. And so things have been a little interesting for me this week. But with all that being said, I want to say that I'm hung up <laughs> on this dentist appointment that I have coming up. <laughs> please don't please don't think I'm corny, y'all.
0: <laughs> no, dental care is vital and it's important so yes you better be hung up on this dental appointment
2: I'm hung up and you know these girls be out here like dragging everybody because they don't have a fucking perfect smile I think that shit is so like fucked up especially because taking care of your teeth like that's one thing like I get it there's a preventative piece to this so it's like taking care of your teeth knowing what to do and that's cool but outside of getting your teeth clean like dental work is very expensive and if you very. don't have any insurance and if you don't have and even if you have the insurance but you still gonna have to come up out of those pockets from coins. so like i'm going on a little journey for like probably the next six to eight months um because i need three implants and i also need braces so or we're going to do invisalign I think braces are cheaper. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Braces are definitely cheaper. So I'll probably have braces in my mouth. (laughs) And so this will be like a six, maybe even a year journey. So I start that this week. I'm actually excited. I'm happy um, because it's been a while. I've been holding back, waiting to make the appointment because of COVID. And so, and I don't, I'm not really sure that the offices were even accepting or seeing people. I don't know. But I'm hung up. I'm happy to be doing that because it's important to me to have, you know, face, you know, you know, my face is, I'm using it. You know, my smile means something to me while I'm young. I want to take care of my mouth while I have the benefits and I'm young, you know what I mean? I want to be able to do, you know what I'm saying? So I, um, and, and just to have that confidence, you know what I mean? Because I am very, um, Subconscious about my smile. So I don't smile a whole lot. People don't even really notice. And when I tell them, they're like, what? You're, what's wrong with your... You need what? Like, what, bitch? And it's just like... Mm. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and it's expensive.
0: But a bitch is getting through. So... Listen, Eric, you have a beautiful smile, okay? I see it frequently enough because we're always laughing kiki when we're together. <laughs> so... <laughs> I definitely understand because I'm an actor and at this point I'm, I'm doing film. And so there are times like when I'm looking at myself on like film and I'm like, Oh my goodness, my teeth. Like I need to get my teeth done. Like, um, and it's, I use my face as well. So I'm definitely about to start that journey. And this conversation is just like, kind of like, well, i like, hmm, you need to hit up your black dentist downtown DC and get back on your journey of, you know, perfecting your smile and even without all of that listen our smiles are beautiful it's it's black smiles matter
2: yeah take care i listen make that appointment i love that make that appointment get in that office get that cleaning make sure you're flossing every day like for the smokers out there you got to do a little bit extra to take care of your mouth you know what i mean i'm here for it and it does, like, you You are a little self-conscious and, and more aware of your smile.
0: Well, you know, let me, let me add a little two cents to that. Like, I think a lot of times in terms of just our body in general, like, we are very self-conscious. Like, we notice things that people probably don't even pay attention to. And it's very much so those times when you bring it up and someone's like, what? I've never seen that before. And it's like, you know, I know. Because I look at it all the time or identify with it and I see it. So I feel like, you know, in terms of just our body in general, like learning to love and accept your body for all it does for you is a journey for all of us. And I had to learn that, like, as I got older and started to observe and listen to people's stories about how they struggle with body image and body issues. And I'm like, oh, this is definitely a journey for everybody.
2: It really is. And a part of what I've learned is... We feel so bad about our image and how we look because of the shit that people are projecting onto us. When it's really about them, that's the crazy part.
0: (laughs) Damn, Eric, wait! I wasn't anticipating you was about to go there, but okay.
2: (laughs) Isn't that wild? To me, that's wild. Like when you really process that, like (laughs) I'm. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm sitting here putting myself through this, beating myself up. Because of, you know, I'm worried what they're going to say. I'm worried about how they're going to feel about me. I'm worried about what they're going to say about me. Meanwhile, half of the shit, most of the shit bad that they're saying about you is all, it's, it's projection. It's, it's really how they feel about themselves. And then we take that on and it becomes our life mission to, to try to, to, to change shit and, 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 and to address shit that really wasn't ours to, to begin with. It wasn't our baggage to take on to
0: begin with. Yeah, that's, um, I'm trying to think who said this. Uh, I can't think of the person right now, but uh, it reminds me uh, when you hold on to something that wasn't meant for you to keep. And in terms of like, you know, when you get into spiritualism, like sometimes it's good to say that out loud. Like I release things that I'm holding on to that was not meant for me to keep. It's not mine's to hold, it's not mine's to keep. And so I think a lot of times that happens as well. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that was our check-in. Let's go ahead and get into you a little bit because you mentioned a few things. One, you plant daddy. So let's talk about that. How did you get started? What made you want to create this platform to talk about
0: plants? All right, so how I got started with planting and gardening is my mom's was a plant mommy, and she passed away in 2008. And so for me, um, getting into houseplants was another way of me actually grieving. It's a way that I remain connected to her um, because a lot of the plants that I have in my collections are plants that she had in her office, plants that she had at home, and I wish I was sentimental back when I was 18, (laughs) When she passed, because I would probably still have some of her plants from her actual collection, but unfortunately those plants died. Um, but I have I have again a lot of the plants that she had within her collection. So I keep plants as a way to remain connected to my mom's and I just love it. I'm a Virgo herb sign gang gang. So I, I love plants, and that's how I got into it. And what made me want to do this platform was When I first wanted to expand my plant collection, because I started, I I had like maybe two or three plants that I kept alive for a couple of years. And then I wanted to expand my collection. So now I have over 40 something plants in my collections of different Mm -hmm. varieties and species. Mm -hmm. And when you look online to identify information, because a lot of times before I purchase a plant, I like to do research. And that research starts with like YouTube so I can get personal experience of like the care and the different experience that people have with that particular plant. And there's not a lot of Black representation on that platform. It's really hard to find Black plant people who are, you know, passing down nuggets and information. But I've been able to find a couple of resources. And for me, I want to be able to be a resource to the African-American community, the, the Black community, yeah. even, that they want to green their thumb and become a plant parent.
2: And see, I know Black parents are out there. I know Black farmers are out there. It's also those goddamn algorithms. Holding up a conversation. <laughs> okay. Okay. That you're up against as a creator. And that also is, like, very difficult. Like you said, another conversation, but... The struggle of being a Black creator, you know what I mean? Which is why so many people are pushing to have their own websites and putting all their content on their own website. The downside to that is that the social media platforms that are out there, like Facebook, like Instagram, like Twitter, that's where everyone is. And so when you're wanting to connect with people and you're wanting to build a brand, you want to place yourself where everybody is. So it's a little it's a little struggle right there. I got some questions for you. One, what advice would you give to a novice plant
0: parent? Okay. Um, one piece of advice that I would give to anybody uh, who has plant babies and want to be a plant parent is let your babies dry out completely before you order them. Most plants can tolerate being dried out, and they might prefer it to be dried out between waterings because the environment in your home and environment and where they're like native to and then growing is very different and they're adjusting to your environment but I think a big thing with your soil mediums is you you need something that's a little bit more airier at times um, unless it's a plant that prefers moisture like ferns Peace lilies, they like to be moist, and even calatheas, they like moisture and a a good amount of humidity. But most of other plants that I know of and that I have in my collection, I let them dry out completely before I water them. And I find that that has been a huge success for me. Having my plant babies, I haven't had to deal with any fungus gnats unless I bought them, Uh, unless I purchased a plant that had fungus gnats with it. I haven't had to deal with fungus gnats. I haven't had to deal with root rot. And root rot happens when you overwater your plant and the roots become mushy and soggy and your plant can die from that. So key piece of advice is you'll recover better from underwatering your plants and overwatering your plants. So always remember that. Okay, so when
2: you say dry out the plant before watering it, does that mean when I touch the soil with my finger, it's dry? does that mean is there another way like when you say dry out what exactly should what what is it that
0: we're looking for you're looking like for me sometimes what i do is i feel the top soil to feel like how much of it is in dry and depending on like the soil medium sometimes you can really dig your finger in in the pot and really get like a a sense of what's going on in a pot. And um, even I also lift the bottom of the pot. And if I have a plant, all of my plants have drainage. That's very important too. So holes at the bottom of the pot, that water can, you know, seep through. So your plant's not sitting in water. I look at those holes and see if the soil is dry. And even sometimes I'll get a wooden um, skewer and put it in the plant. And if the skewer comes out wet, then I know that the bottom of the plant might still have some moisture and I can put it back for a couple of days. If it comes out dry, that means it's time to water it. So when I say completely dried out, I mean completely. Like the soil is dry from top to bottom. Okay.
2: Got it. And talk about pests, bugs, and fungus, what are some things that as a beginner, a
0: novice plant parent, what are some things that we should be looking out for? Once you get into your plant care routine, and that's a couple of things that you'll do within your plant care routine from rotating your plant so it can grow evenly in all areas of the plant can get sun to checking the soil to identify if, you know, it needs to drink water uh, Another piece that needs to be a part of your plant care routine is inspecting your plants for pests. You need to look at the stems, the foliage to see if you see anything that does not belong on your plant. And the sooner you detect it, the better. There's a lieu of different bugs that um, can affect your plants and some cannot. I find one common one that a lot of people have to deal with is fungus gnats. Fungus gnats are almost like fruit flies. They don't really harm your plant, but they can be quite annoying, <laughs> and they can grow very fast. Like I believe fungus gnats, they don't even need to have sex to reproduce. Like that's how annoying they are. <laughs> <laughs> so I find a lot of people have fungus nests because they overwater their their plants. So I, a part of drying out your plant is also a prevention from fungus nets. So anytime like a new plant parent is like, oh, I got the little flies, let your plant dry out. They will go away. Mm-hmm. And so there's things that you can do in terms of like pest prevention. And then also there's things you can do to get rid of them. Fungus nets has these little things called mosquito bits that you can put in the soil. Or you can make a mosquito bit tea where you let the, the substrate kind of soak in some water for a little bit. And when you go water your plant, it has a little bit of the like a bacteria that pretty much kills the larvae of fungus nets. So that's the first thing you want to do. I highly recommend that. And then, in terms of the adults, you want to get that dope. So you want to get these little yellow sticky traps, and you want to put them in the plant that's affected by them, so they can uh, grab uh, the adults, so they won't reproduce. And once the cycle ends, and you have to do it like with pest prevention, you have to keep going. Like it's you have to keep going until it's like done, done. It might take some time, um, but it's worth it. I find a lot of people try to throw their plants away when they find like you know, they have pests, but you can really do some things just to add within your like plant routine to help take care of it. There is um, horticultural spray. There's neem oil. um, That is a go-to anytime you see like any pests on your plants. When you see pests on your plants, you want to rinse the plant off. You want to spray it with the um, horticultural spray or the neem oil. And the neem oil, pretty much what it does with most of the like household plant bugs that you'll see is it pretty much suffocates the plant cause not the plant it suffocates the bugs and the clogs that pours. So there are prevention methods and also there's ways to get rid of it. Do not throw that baby out. You can save your baby. And also I find like having like good care and doing your routine with your plants also helps. So uh, people don't wipe their leaves down all the time, but that also is like a pest prevention because you can catch pests early on if you're going to wipe your leaves down. So for me, when I wipe my leaves down, I'm using pest prevention methods within the spray. So there's neem oil you with for my spray. There's also Dr. Bronner's Castile uh, peppermint soap, which I swear by. <laughs> Have your booty hole feeling brand new and minty mm. fresh, <laughs> nice. and water. And so you spray your plant with that. And so not only are you cleaning the leaves to get rid of any extra dust, but you're also picking up any bugs that you might not be able to see because sometimes you can't see them with your eye. Um, uh, an experienced plant parent that has a large uh, plant collection might even have inspect their plants with like a magnifying glass just to see if they can see because they're very small.
2: You You mentioned, you said, don't throw your plant out. You can save it. What if what if the plant is completely dead? Let's say that bitch is brown dead. Is has gone? Is there any is there any point in say, trying to keep that plant and trying to save it, or is it like nah? If it's all brown and and if it's dead, then you might as well go ahead and throw that girl out.
0: It depends on the plant. Um, some plants actually, it's natural for them to kind of die back and like only have like one leaf. But if you take care of it, like come springtime, it will grow back. So it depends on the plant and the condition of the plant. If there is no, if if it's all brown and there's no sign of life, no sign of new growth, then throw it away. But if for me, I often look to see if there's any type of new growth. If you see any new growth, it might be worth keeping around. So you might have like a bunch of brown leaves, but you got that one new leaf that's unfurling. You might be able to save it. So if you see that one new leaf, give it another try.
2: (laughs) Remind us where on social media, the listeners can find you and support Plant
0: Daddy, the DMV Plant Daddy. So um, you can find me on IG at the... DMV Plant Daddy. So, at DMV Plant Daddy is my um, Instagram page for my plant uh, page. I post tips. I go live to talk about different plants. And I just, I think my last live video, I did a plant haul from all the plants that I had purchased this past growing season. I think I had purchased maybe 14 or 16 different plants this year. So, I increased my collection tremendously and gave like project updates. So definitely follow that page. I post a lot of information and you'll definitely learn more from following me on the DB Plant Daddy page.
2: Let's pivot to art, acting, because you also have this side of you as well. And I know that you have this affiliation with Brave Soul Collective. Talk to us about that affiliation, uh, what you do with the Brave Soul Collective, how the community can support you.
0: Okay. So, Brave Soul Collective is an artist collective that consists of script writers, directors, actors, actresses, stage, uh, and production crew members. Monty J. Wolf is the founder and the director of the Artist Collective, and my brother from Another Mother. Shout out to Monty. Um, So, we usually put together shows uh, with a theme that's um, tied to Black queer stories. And to be very clear, like all of our stories about being Black and queer. And the writers usually present content that includes everything from HIV, sexual health, activism, grief, love, sex, dating, homophobia, religion, you name it. We got it. Um, And so I met Monty as I was um, wanting to expand my wings artistically because initially I was doing a lot of work with um, A.J. King and his production production with Breaking Ground and I decided it was time for me to kind of spread my wings and I talked to Monty because I went on a date uh, and took I took a date to see one of their shows and I absolutely fell in love and I had to let him know I was like hey you know I do a little bit of acting a little bit of writing and he was like, okay so when they had the next show he hit me up And I've been with them ever since. I think he always says, like, once you fuck with us, you stuck with us type shit. And that has Mm -hmm. been true. And with them, I've been able to perform at the Kennedy Center and a lot of different theaters in D.C., the Anacostia Playhouse, Anacostia Art Center, um, The Fridge. Um, I've done a lot of things. I premiered my own personal script, um, my own personal written scripts with them. I've started as an actor with other script writers and, you know, supported their content their content to life. It's an amazing uh, it's an amazing organization. So for more information about Brave Soul Collective, um, their IG page is similarly at Brave Soul Collective. But if you want to go to the website, <laughs> if you want to go to the website, uh, the website is www.wearebravesouls.com and that's where you can donate. To the organization, So with your donations, when we have shows, Monty's able to actually pay the production crew, the stage manager, the actors for their work. And so, you know, that's what that means to me. So if you want to go and donate so I can get paid for my work, it would be lovely. Otherwise, I love, love, love working with Brave. So um, again, I've been able to premiere uh, a written, original written works for me I've written a script about grieving and, you know, that's something I've never really seen before and I wanted to do that. So I was able to do that on that platform. But then also I'm able to really, uh, I was really able to expand my wings as an actor. So I feel like I've been able to become a better actor as a result of this program.
2: That sounds amazing. It sounds like you've been able to use acting as a catalyst to tell your story and to express the journey that you've been on thus far, but also use it to help narrate the journey that you're on right now. Tell us one thing that you get out of acting. Oh my God, I don't
0: know. I just, I love it. I, I really feel like <laughs> when I've realized it's been a while since I've done a performance or since I've been on stage, my heart be like, oh my God, girl, you need to get on stage. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I love it. I think it's beautiful in a way that art is really healing where I can step outside of my day-to-day and be a whole new person and be a whole new character with a whole new set of troubles and worries. And even I'm able to put some of my personal struggles and troubles and worries into how I can convey this character and bring this character to life. So I, I, I love it. It's very therapeutic. Um, I love being in a space with creative beings, with My creative, you know, artist, gang gang, as I like to say. Hey. So, yeah. Shout out to my storytellers out there. Hey, yo.
2: So where can the listeners view the show?
0: So I believe we do. Brave So does have, like, some content up on YouTube. I'm not 100% sure I know what the page is, but you can definitely find the content on the website which is, again, www.wearebravesouls.com, so you can find the content on there for sure.
2: I'm hung up. Well, we're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back to talk about Season 1, Episode 1 of For the Boys. We'll be right back.
3: Get your glasses. Come on, get oh, pick them up. God, up. here I'm we go. Up. Every See time we they get me. high, oh, thinking oh, my oh, aunt's uh, little shit. Uh, <laughs> hey, bye. Saeed, shut up, okay? <laughs> now. This one is for my boys. Now, aunt, you inspire me. Like, every day. Okay, you are fearless. You are beautiful. And I don't know anybody else who can rock a beard and a six inch heel quite like you. Okay? (laughs) And Saeed. Yeah, I got nothing. (laughs) No, 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 I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, wait, 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 wait. Wait, listen, there is never A dull moment with you, okay? I mean you keep me on my toes. Okay, your intelligence is crazy. And I mean you always, you always challenge me to like look outside of myself, you know, and keep me laughing the whole fucking time. (laughs) Now, 2020, it's been wild, okay? Like so many levels, but y'all make it so Worth it, you know. So. so, this one's for y'all. My tribe. Oh my god, it so
1: corny. It was so
2: emotional. bitch. <laughs> was so bitch was corny, you, baby. Every time, every
3: time, I'm get
2: it. Well, let's get into this sleigh. TV, For The Boys. I've been wanting to sit down and talk to you about this
0: show for a minute because it's so good. (laughs) It's so good. Like, one of my artist friends reached out to me and was like, have you watched For The Boys? And I was just like, "Uh, no, I, I think I started like the first episode and it didn't really, it didn't capture me. And I said I would come back to it, but I never got around to it. He hit me up again and was like, watch it. Like, you need to watch it. You have to watch it. And I'm like, okay, he's hell bent on me watching the show. Let me check it out. And I checked it out and, like, I was hooked. Like, I binge-watched, like, all the episodes that was available. Yeah. And for me, it was perfect timing because shortly after I, like, tuned into the show, the season finale had prepared. So I was, like, in love.
2: <laughs> so did they release episodes or was it just the entire season was released and you could watch all the way through.
0: No, they released episodes, I guess, throughout time.
2: Oh, okay, okay. Okay, got you,
0: got you, okay. Because I got some feedback on, like uh, I did a post on my Facebook about it and someone said they had initially was watching it and I don't think they knew they had uploaded some new episodes. So I was like, um, you need to get caught up.
2: It's really good. So let's get right into episode one. It opens up with this quote that, that well, it's actually a dedication, right? It looks like a dedication. And it says, this is for the boys who want love, the boys who won't love, the boys scared to open up to another because of what it will reveal within themselves. And I was just like, yo, that is just, yeah, it was deep, but it really spoke to what we was willing to see in, in the situations that was going to unfold throughout the
0: rest of the season yeah um i i wholeheartedly agree like it was very appropriate to start the show off with uh that quote and or dedication um i, I find that rihanna song from my favorite album from her which is talk that talk we all want love is very central to like that quote where i think we all want love but I find that people struggle with the facilitation, the expression, and receiving love. I also find that a lot of this starts uh, with your upbringing, where I know my generation struggles with this because we were not raised in in an affectionate environment where we're told, I love you. We didn't receive our flowers enough and most people are just wanting to hear from their loved ones, I'm proud of you. So now in our adulthood, these are things we don't do because we're unconditioned to do it. But that desire and that longing, that wanting to be loved is still there.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely, by nature. You know what I mean? Because even at birth, If we're not held within, what, a few hours, a few days? I don't know what it is, but we'll perish. We'll get up from out of (laughs) here. So it's like we need that. So first I want to just shout out to the talented cast of Black Queer Men. Chandler Bryant, who plays Anthony. Andrew Coleman, who plays Jamal. And Lamont Walker, who plays Saeed.
0: Lamont. (laughs) let me stop Sean say got a man at home but he's brilliant all of them are brilliant for sure I love all the <laughs> actors oh he does yeah I, I think I peeped that at the like the season finale live video and like I think people were in the comment section like yeah what's up with Lamar and he was like my man is right here and I was I like oh <laughs> I
2: know <it's> right <laughs> cause I know people were on cause he's oh god he's such a handsome
0: guy like so fine they had some yummy guys in the show in general. Like, a lot of his hiccups were kind of yummy when well, no, they were yummy. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So the episode opens up with that infamous New York 1968 interview with Nina Simone, where she was asked the question, what does the word free mean? And as she's... As she's doing this, um, you know, we see Anthony. He's walking, strutting in his red pumps. We'll talk about that. But she, Nina, describes it as a feeling and and being no fear. And I just thought it was so beautiful that they opened the scene. First, we got hit with that beautiful dedication, which, going back to that real quick, the second part, which I wanted to ask you about, the second part of it that says... The boy's scared to open up to another because of what it w- will reveal within themselves. And I just thought that was really deep too and, and it really struck a chord because that just made me think of like falling in love really does exposure. I mean, that's the ultimate vulnerability. And no matter how, what you try to hide, be it feelings, be it skeletons in the closet, be it the work that we, the things that we haven't worked on, the trauma that we've been, no matter what it is, it's like, it all comes up. It all comes up. Cause when you love really puts everything out on the line and it keeps us honest because that's what love is, is honest, it's pure. And so I just thought, you know, what a really dope way to, to open up and, and to make a dedication And so that that I just wanted to say that about the dedication. Like I really, I really like that. Because it really does make you vulnerable. Love. I I love
0: everything that you just said about love. Like it was like when you were talking, I was like, ooh. (laughs) Love, like that exposure, that nakedness. Listen, this is hung up. I have (laughs) a dog. Come on. Look, you get like it. You get out. Hold on. Let's let's get this uh, bullet.
2: Well, we got our hot toddies. That's really what
0: these are, right? Yeah, we have hot toddies. It's perfect for the time. <laughs> DC, we had like a really windy day. Like it's I can hear the 90, wind outside. Yo. Yeah. Yes, yes. And Eric is sipping his hot toddy out of his hunger merchandise. Relax your shoulders. Make sure you get yours ASAP. Yes, make sure y'all get it. Support me, bitch.
2: Support me, bitch. <laughs> I'm your sister, bitch. I'm
0: going through a lot of things. But yes, you were saying, friend. But, you know, and it's funny that we brought up support. So a lot of things that we find in the episode, like, it really show, like, how they support each other within their friendship. Yeah. I find that, like, when they linked up after, like, work and they had their smoke session, like, they just oh, affirmed lovely. each other that entire time. And listen, I feel like it's a rarity for for, for people to have words of affirmation for like their top one. But for me, my love language is words of affirmation. So to tell me, to affirm me, like just you're speaking my love language when you do that. Same,
2: same. And I want to talk to you about that too, like that intimacy in your group of friends. Um, So I do, that is a question that I want us to pin. So, Going back to how the episode is open, we're, we're hearing Nina. She's it's this you know this infamous interview. She's talking about what does the word free mean to her, and she said that it was a feeling of of being no fear. So again, just you know, shout out to just opening the episode with something that we are familiar with, but also set the tone because during this, Anthony is walking to work, strutting in those red pumps and he's feeling free. He's feeling no fear, but it's up until he gets to, he's on his way to work. So he gets to the door and he kind of like snapped back into reality. The, um, over the, uh, voiceover with Nina ends and he see because he sees his coworker. Oh no, the voiceover doesn't end. It, it pauses because he sees his coworker and he, you know, he kind of turns around and he, he was going in the door, but then he, he, he stops and he turns around. He runs back down. He's, he goes to take those pumps off and, and put his sneakers on. But then in the last minute, he said, you know what? No, I'm going to keep these pumps on and I'm going to walk into this office. I was going to say with his head held high. It wasn't high <laughs> because Anthony is still working on, he's still doing that work. It wasn't his head wasn't high, but he walked into their office with their rep with with those red pumps on such a powerful way to open the season.
0: Yeah. And the red pump is such a powerful statement, a powerful move. It screams fire and flames and just, yeah, the red pumps is definitely hot for them to start the season off with. And then even again, the affirmation, like when he walked into the crib with Tide and Jamal. They were like, work, bitch. Like, they were affirming him within his process of doing that. And I feel like you need your girls to cice you. Like, listen, if we're in a club and your friend is dancing and fucking it up, and you're not cicing them, we are not friends. And I feel like
2: Anthony in this, you know, in this scene, in this first episode, I feel like he knows who he is, but he's struggling with walking in that truth, which, which again, I, I thought it was just so amazing how they wrote this. And and started this episode out because I feel like Jamal, I'm sorry, I feel like Anthony knows who he is, but he is struggling walking in his truth and not worrying about what other people think about him. So I just thought that was a powerful scene, a powerful way to introduce
0: Anthony. Agreed. Agreed. And even he started the conversation with, well, how does it feel? And he said, liberating. And I was like, mm, yes, God. At the end of the day, I know a lot of us, that's what we we strive to be and feel is free, to be liberated from our chains, to be liberated from the things that we're conditioned to believe and just to be our authentic self, which I think is powerful. And I, I feel like Anthony, in being himself and putting them red pumps on, he's stepping into his power.
2: He is slowly, and we see that in the beginning of the season. Because even when Amber, <laughs> a problematic white girl um, that he works with, comes up to her, he reads her and he has this whole moment, has the office fallen out, but then we see it's just all in his head.
0: And it was just w-
2: wishful thinking.
0: I wanted that read to be so freaking real. And when it wasn't, I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs>
2: We all did. We wanted that read to be real, especially after she referred to Anthony as Miss Thing. It was like, bitch. Miss
0: Thing. I think she said, girl, I'm only trying to give you a compliment or something like that. And it was just like, do I know you like that? Like, my introduction very much so started with she, depending on the nature and the context of our relationships. And I'm certain that (laughs) she was not the appropriate pronoun for the coworker. Like, come on now, sis.
2: Really? But so relatable, right? Because white folks be so inappropriate like this at work and really, you know, they think that they can put on blackness like it's a,
0: a hat. Oh, that's that. that OK, that hit me. They put on blackness like you can put it. I don't say it again.
2: <laughs> they put on blackness like you can put on a hat and they and they use it. And it reminds me of the caricatures and the... um what do you call it? The, from back in the day uh, where they would do blackface, Mm -hmm. those type of um, depictions of those type of exaggerated depictions of black folks,
0: you know what I mean? And like, like, what about the white girl that wears the braids and talks like she's like from like, you know, Southeast DC or something like that. Like, what about them type of girls too? Like, right, right, right.
2: But then we see workbay, Anthony sends him a little text like, look, I'm here for all that. I like that, so then we get a you know we we get to see that you know Anthony is working with someone who um I, oh, I said the workbay, his name was Anthony
0: no, what's workbay's name Raymond 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 is that's another one that's like um mm, Raymond he, he's I <laughs> mean like, yes, Raymond, hey Raymond." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: Raymond was given good skin, beautiful hair, everything, and he's loving up on Anthony, and we see right away, like, okay, there's this little connection here at work, and so that was really cool. The scene cuts to Jamal, who is all caught up, all hung up on this white man, Devin. (laughs) Not your eyes. (laughs) so it breaks the scene breaks with them on the phone and honestly I feel like the most interest that this man Devin has had in Jamal is right here because he's high as fuck they're on this FaceTime call and so he's you know he's feeling it and he's and he's in the moment but outside of that I feel like Jamal definitely likes Devin way more than Devin likes Jamal.
0: (laughs) Like, going into the show, like, I want to say, like, the next episode, Anthony and Jamal are chilling. And I think Anthony's picking out an outfit, really not paying him any mind. And he's like, bitch, are you listening to me? Because he's venting about the white boy. And he was like, girl, I don't understand why you hung up on this whiteboard. There are plenty of fine ass niggas in this city. And when I tell you, I almost threw my phone when he said that (laughs) because I can so relate to that. And so what I'm happy that they did with with that particular character and that part of the story was they kept it real about how I think some of us feel about these interracial relationships. And, like, when he said that, like, I that I would be that friend like, girl, why you hung up on this white boy? They are plenty of fine-ass niggas in That's, this city. It's interesting you said that
2: because while Jamal seems so sure about this white man and is feeling this white man and so hung up on this white man, he sure is very scared and very um hesitant <laughs> to reveal to his friends that he's dating this white man. I mean, he doesn't want him to be seen at the apartment. Particularly by Saeed, because he know, you know what I'm saying. So it's just mm-hmm. like, well, girl, do you really love him? Do you really <laughs> like him? <laughs> so that was really interesting. And it was just interesting to see again Jamal being so sure about Devin when he is unsure about himself. And we see his friends having to uplift him and remind him about the bad bitch that he is. Mm-hmm. We love to see it. We love to see it. So we talked about Saeed's finance. He busts in on the scene going off because he got fired from having this altercation with the an anti-mask wearing Karen. And he comes home, picks up the bowl, and listen, I get it. <laughs> it's it was just one of those days he was stressed out and he needed to vent. And that's when, like you said before, Anthony, he re-enters the scene. Coming in, strutting in. And what does he have on his ear? A roll-up. And it was just like a really dope, like, it was just decided to see everybody coming together, needed after a long day. Everybody's been dealing with their shit. And we about to decompress. And it just really puts you in the, like, you were excited. Like, ah. It reminded me, it was reminiscent of the scene from... Waiting to excel. When they had the birthday party, it was toward the end. Yes, that
0: that that ending thing is, is legendary. You know
2: what I am saying? The, yes, cam- the camera actually panned down just it, just like it did in the mo- In um, Waiting to Excel. so it kind of like prepares you, got you ready. You knew that they were about to have.
0: A conversation. A full on Kiki session. Like (laughs) this and it's also the first time we see them all together as a group and as Mm -hmm. friends. And then we begin to understand the chemistry of their friendship. And I want to say her from the live, I want to say that they met through the show, but you couldn't have told me prior to watching the live and watching the interviews that they were not friends in real life because that chemistry is spot to fuck on.
2: The chemistry was spot on and the acting was done really well. So Surprise. shout out shout out to everybody. So towards the end of the scene, Jamal stands up and he gives a toast to his boys, to his best friends. He looks at them both. He tells them both individually how they inspire him and what they mean to him. And I thought that was like really cool. And I really think that that kind of love and that kind of shower, showering <laughs> is needed. I think it's okay to have intimacy And endearing love in our friendship groups. I think so many of us lack that for so long or forever. (laughs) And it feels awkward at times. It feels like someone might even be invading your personal space. And I get it. I've jumped. I've literally jumped at someone just, like, wanting to, like, reach out and touch me or embrace me. So I feel like we do need more of this. And especially if we didn't have that growing up, it's time to give that back to ourselves and i think our friends are more than willing to do that if if they're not doing it already
0: <laughs> yeah and i actually i want to back up i think before um anthony walked in they were it was just saeed and jamal and jamal had expressed how talented i'm sorry saeed had expressed how talented that Jamal was and listen for artists that is so important to affirm your artist friends they're in creative endeavors and also provide constructive criticism I mean I can take something from that and build something from your criticism um, when we're asked when you're asked to provide constructive criticism I really feel for the arts community because the girls are always always trying to find something something, very much so something, always trying to find something to talk about.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, on, I just feel like, is, okay, yeah. shout out to Young Miami.
0: Um, I just feel like the girls are never satisfied. And I just yeah. kind of feel like the art is unappreciated and undervalued. And I, I don't think people understand the blood, the sweat, the tears, the time, and the energy that artists and content creators put into birthing their projects. I don't find that the arts are appreciated yet again, but can you imagine a world without the arts? Exactly. No movie, no television. Oh my God, I would die without good fashion and good music, it's, Like It's like, all the things you-
2: we're consuming and it's all the things we want to consume. And it's just like, I think people have to make a, you know, you got to make, you got to make the decision to say like, look, I'm going to, because it's so easy to support strangers people you don't know people who have hundreds and thousands of followers or a million followers it's it's so easy to support the things that are mainstream and some of the things that are mainstream are actually good and that's great and and we and you know so I'm not taking away from that but a lot of your friends are doing some of that and it's important that we are supporting the community I, I totally agree with you
0: um Did it fly away? It looked like you was about to say something. (laughs) No, it's okay. And there was another point I actually I wanted to make about that, where I find like even for like mainstream, like I feel like with local artists, it's hard for us to get exposure and be able to show the world our creations and our babies because I find like smaller, local, smaller platforms and smaller like local artists. They don't have the exposure that they need and they really have to hustle to get that exposure. But once you have that exposure, once you have contracts with HBO and everything like that, then you're subjected to the worst judgment. And again, I feel like the girls are never, ever satisfied. <laughs> oh, never, right. That's... Never that's, satisfied. But,
2: and I and I, and I tweeted the, um like, uh, probably like a month ago, I was like, y'all hate everything. Nobody liked it. <laughs> but I was like, y'all hate everything you hate everything.
0: There's everything. But what, what I realized is I'm happy that I feel like there's been a push to have people practice thankful and gratefulness because I find that this is only a reflection of the fact that you don't even practice that with your own endeavors, probably. Mm. Like, really, like, this isn't something that you do at home. This it isn't something itself. that you do yeah. with yourself. This is also something you might not do with your people. So this is also something you're not going to yeah. do when you show up in the world. Exactly. If you're
2: not acknowledging yourself, um, you're not going to acknowledge other people,
0: but we need that. If you're not uplifting
2: yourself, if you're not supporting yourself and putting your priorities first and taking care of yourself and doing what you need to do, you're not going to give that to other people. I I totally get that. I mean, and and I mean, we talk about that, especially when it comes to breaking generational curses, um, especially dealing with our parents, you know, Understanding that they don't, they didn't necessarily have the tools and, and, and or the resources.
0: Because wasn't in a recent conversation between you and I, Malika, when I talked about that, where people are responding based upon the tools and the resources that they had at that time, it is not a reflection of you. And even in terms of how you respond to things, you like a lot of people might have guilt or regret about how they responded to things in the past, but that might've been your first time going through a particular situation where you didn't have any experience. And so you responded based upon the tools and the resources that you had available at that time. So even with that, you have to give people grace and you have to give yourself grace. I find that I really am in this place of always trying to lead with compassion and love just because I feel like the world has become so damn cutthroat (laughs) sometimes. And it's just like, there's there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with a little compassion and a little love. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, we need more of it. Right.
2: Right. I get what you're saying. It shouldn't be so popular to be mean and to be an asshole and to be a dickhead. But some people embrace
0: that. I remember when it was popular to admit that you were petty. <laughs> like, oh, petty wide, petty LaBelle. And it's like, mm, is it really cool to be petty? I, re- I just rather not waste energy on something that's not conducive to my growth. Like, why? What's the point? I rather just leave or exit or not deal with the yeah, person yeah. or the situation at all. Exactly.
2: If it's not positive energy, I really, I'm good. I'm good. So, Let's go back to the last scene in, in this episode when, you know, Jamal stands up and he gives this acknowledgement um, to his friends. I wanted to ask you, how do you celebrate um, your tribe? How do you acknowledge your your friends, your close friends?
0: How do I acknowledge my close friends? So because words of affirmation is like my go-to, um, one thing that I try to do is when someone is in my heart, I try to reach out to them mm-hmm. and say, hey, like you want that. my heart? I like that. When you think about
2: them, call
0: them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember one time like you were on my heart for a long time and I felt so bad because I felt like it took me months to finally hit you up but like you were like on my heart and I was thinking about you all the time I'm like oh my god I gotta hit up Eric and I finally did and we were finally able to like reconnect and talk and it was a good thing that we did because there was a lot that you had told me when we had finally had the conversation um, so that's like one thing that I do is I try to you know randomly reach out to my folks and you know and give them some words of affirmation if needed or let them know things on my heart um, I think there's one friend that I will be reaching out to you. just let them know, like, hey, like, you know, we have gone through a couple of seasons together now and our friendship and we have started to get closer. And I just want to let you know that I genuinely love you. Like, I want to tell my friend that I love you. And I, I find that I'm that friend that definitely tells people I love you because I know that's not something people are conditioned or were raised to do. And I know it's important to hear it yeah. sometimes. Because yeah. I understand I'm going to back it up. You have already seen that within my actions, but I'm going to reaffirm that and put that out into the universe. My love for you. So I'm going to let you know that I love you. Yeah. In terms of anytime my friends have any type of artistic endeavors, I am definitely that person to buy an album, buy a single. Even if I don't like the song, I'll buy it. I'll stream <laughs> it. <laughs> you know, I'll yeah. do that. And yeah, when I go same. see like my friends in like, artistic productions, like the plays and the things, I act a Tom fool in the audience, because when you're on stage, understand, like, anytime you go see, like, a theater production, understand that the actors feed off of your energy. Mm -hmm. So, if you're kind of dry, they're not going to kind of know where to go, but if you give them good energy, they're going to continue to elevate and just, like, fuck that whole performance up. So, I usually act a time fool. Like, when I find something funny, I laugh. When I'm gagging, I'm gagging out loud, like, (gasps) oh my god, like, they need to hear that. So there's a there's a mixture of different ways that I definitely try to show up and affirm my people. And yeah, it's, it's, it's important to me. So I want to also make sure that I'm demonstrating that within my friend circle in general. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I'll just add to that, you know, because I have a small circle of friends and I think what's also important is that we have individual relationships outside of the circle and that we're not just experiencing the love and the support and the acknowledgement and the embrace. We're not just experiencing that when we're all together because as individuals, we're going to all need those things at different times and different points of our lives. So... For me, it's, it's important for me to connect with my niggas outside of the group events, to have those one-on-one conversations, to have those one-on-one hangouts, um, to just have that one-on-one connection. And what I find is that you really get to see those friends in a different light. Mm-hmm. Because it's like it's you're outside of the group and it's just a different dynamic. And a lot of times people let their hair down a little bit more and be Mm -hmm. a little bit more vulnerable. You'll be surprised Yes, how, you know, what that experience is like um, connecting individually with your friends in the group. So, you know, I'll just add that onto what you offered because I totally agree with that. And then I'll add on that, you know, I think it's important to to have that individual connection, that individual relationship um, because, you know, People don't all have the same things to offer. So I think that's also important why you want to get to know people individually because you might be calling one friend for one thing and another friend for something else. You know who can stand in and be there for you in your time of need because they can do it for you. Not everybody can do the same thing. You know what I mean? When it comes to money, not everybody got it like that. So you may have that friend or a couple of friends that you know Money's not a problem for them. They got they got problems, but that's not it. And you know what I mean? They, they, they may not have a problem going in and sending you a cash app. Not all your friends going to be able to handle that. You know what I mean? But maybe that other friend can be there for emotional support. Maybe that other friend can be there to cook a good meal because you know they throw down in the kitchen and you're not really, you know, you don't know your way around the the kitchen that well. So, you know, that other friend is good for a good meal. You know, that other friend is good to link up with when you go out of town because they're good with finding the good deals and the good Airbnbs. Look, you got to you have to know how what you're what what, you got to understand your tribe. You got to nurture your tribe. But with that, you got you to gotta individually get to know people and know what their strengths are, um, but also know what areas they may need some work in or, or the areas that they need some support in. Another reason why it's important to have that individual relationship. So many reasons. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, I like to have one-on-one sessions, especially like hangout sessions. Like, I love hanging out one-on-one with my friends. Like, I, like I think some people be like, "Oh, I didn't get an invite," and it's just like it wasn't like, "Oh, I was trying to exclude people," but Ooh. I wanted to have some uninvited a time and uninvited attention we with stop this particular. That. I didn't get an invite. Friend. enough. Yeah, why you did send me an invite like oh uh, well if you want to hang out instead of saying why not get an invite well hey you know what this looks like i have fun can we do something like that can we link up and have this like it's okay to ask me to go out because that's really things. what it
2: is it's that yeah. you
0: want to experience that and you feel that connection that. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. So I love hanging out with my friends one-on-one and I do find that you're able to get to know people more intimately because I find like when I'm in group settings, like I'm not, I don't think everyone gets to see all the wonders and beauty of what they call me grace because yes. <laughs> I'm not in the business <laughs> of competing with strong personalities, no shade, no read. And it's just like, you know, sometimes I honestly I get it, do scale yeah. back in larger settings just because there's a lot of different personalities and this yeah. is not my stage. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I try to make space for everyone, you know, I, I When I facilitate discussion groups, there's a rule called step up, step back. And so I'm very mindful of that in in group settings. But when it's one-on-one, it's a little bit, there's more of an exchange that you can have when it's one-on-one.
2: That's so real because social anxiety is so, it's a real thing and there's so many levels to it. And I really like, I like how you said that because sometimes people find themselves in group settings that are a little bit overwhelming for them. And even though it's your best duties, it's your best friends, it doesn't mean that you won't find that situation or, you know, a little bit overwhelming for you. And like you said, you may scale back. You may, you know, you're going to start to put up those safeguards, right, that we've been, that we learned from a, a, a young age and we carry right into adulthood. We're going to start putting up those safeguards. We're going to fall back a little bit, you know, maybe even be a little bit more reserved, less vulnerable. And so when we're in tune with our tribe, with our people, and we're able to have those one-on-one individual relationships. Those are the type of things that I feel like we can, we can, we can catch. And when and, and to me, that's nurture. When you can see something in your friend, and sometimes they may not even see it or notice it. And you'd be like, nah, I got you. Or I know that this may not be a good situation for you. So I'm gonna look out for you, friend. I'ma look out for you, friend. It's just that awareness. It's just, it's just the awareness. And sometimes that's sometimes that's just what so many people want and need. They just want to be seen. That's it,
0: and feel seen. Listen, I started my introduction with saying that I am a flower, I am a rose, but I want everyone on the the podcast to understand: you are a flower, you are a rose too. You deserve to be treated with tender love and care. That includes the care that you give yourself and that includes the care that your tribe gives you. That includes the care and the love that your family gives you. That includes the care and love that your community gives you. Let's be very clear about that, okay? Very clear.
2: Very clear, Roger. hi, Toddy.
1: <laughs>
2: Roderick, this was really dope. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on to the Hung Up podcast. Please remind the listeners where they can find you and how we can support you.
0: So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. I go by my name, Roderick Shepherd. IG is at Shepherd. And then in terms of the plant page, if you want to get any information about plant care, follow at DMVPlantDaddy and you'll find that I do my lives and my plant care updates on there. And then also, I know we spoke about the Artist Collective that I'm a member of. That is Brave Soul Collective. Again, their Instagram is at Brave Soul Collective. And the website is www.wearebravesouls.com. And there, from there, if you find it in your heart to be generous, a place a donation so I can get paid <laughs> for my work and we can the, the, the director can put that money towards future productions, then that would yes. be loved too. And Eric, thank you so much for having me. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be in a space with you, my brother. You know, I love you. And this definitely was dope. And this would not be allowed, I'm collaborating.
2: It cannot be. It cannot be. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, and I cannot wait to see you. Hopefully, it'll, well, it'll be soon, because we we got some porties, some Halloween uh, yeah. porties.
0: Okay. What's, what's your costume? What's your costume given? We kind of coordinated last year.
2: A mess last year. And this year I might be a mess again, but I'ma really try to step it up. I'm about my costume in Maryland. <laughs> I'm not I'm not messing around with Philly this year. I'm not. I'm not. The stress, the drama, the anxiety. I'm not doing it. Because I'm I'm always last minute. So I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna put myself through that. So I'll be down. I'll see you soon. I'm hungry.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> excited. <laughs>
2: Yo, I really appreciate you, Roderick, for coming through and dialing into the Hung Up Podcast. And thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow this show on your favorite podcast and social media platform by searching at Hung Up Pod. I appreciate y'all for listening to another week, another dope ass conversation. I am your host and producer, Eric Cole. And I'll see y'all next week. Peace.
1: Keep running and running, and running, and running. Can't keep running, 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 running. I can't keep running. I put my heart on the back burner. Didn't want to face my own misery. Smiled as hard as I could. I felt so much better to me